Welcome to A Ghost Stories. I'm Gabby. I'm Kim. And uh, we're part of A Ghost. If you don't know who that is by now, maybe you should listen to some of our other episodes. <laughs> uh, but we're a part of uh, the Advanced Ghost Hunters of Seattle, Tacoma, and uh, we like to share experiences that we have and evidence, mm-hmm. evidence. evidence. that we have uh, and stories because we love a good ghost story. And so uh, Kim and I are actually in a, a cool situation. We're both on a little mini vacay vacation which like i feel like your vacay is way more vacay than mine but to be fair it's okay. my only vacay i get to a year embrace it. down embrace I it um <laughs> where are you kim i am in uh the lovely city of manzanita Ooh, in where is oregon that? oh oregon. it's in oregon it's, it's in oregon it's uh on the coast actually um my my family every year over Labor Day weekend we go away and uh, this is easier since my my nephew was born it's easier to go to Oregon than it is for them to come to the Washington area. Fantastic! And obviously huh? we're going to be releasing this not on Labor Day weekend. Oh, yeah. So this will be like long gone once whoever's <laughs> listening is listening. Um, but I actually you're planning on stalking me. Sorry, <laughs> you're two weeks late. You're two weeks late. <laughs> um, go time travel and then you can find Kim. That's um, true. But I actually, I'm I'm actually in LA right now, but I was in Portland over the week, over the mm-hmm. week, over the weekend. Um, and so we decided that our topic for today should be organ based because Boston road trip. We're both in Oregon this week. Yeah. So, and I know it's pretty close to Seattle and, you know, it's, it's a little jaunt and it's got some spooky stories. It does. So, Spooky. Kim, do you want to tell your story first? Sure. Uh, so, as I was saying, Manzanita is a little town. It's about 25 miles south of Seaside, which is a, a better known town, uh, and about 25 miles north of Tillamook, where the cheese lives. Ooh, cheese. We, I know. <laughs> I kind of want to like just walk there for cheese every day, but then I'd be walking 25 miles and then I would have earned that cheese. I was going to um, say, you would have burned the cheese off too. I would love burn it. that cheese off. Yeah. <laughs> it means little apple in Spanish. Because That's really the, cute. They grow, they grow wild. In fact, in the house that we're renting, there is a little apple tree in the front yard and it's very cute. Uh, and it was, it was originally tended to be a, kind of a resort town, like a beach resort town for the wealthy. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, in fact, it was, uh, it was about 1912 is when it, it sort of got settled as a resort town. The, the post office was built in 1914. That's when you know you were an up-and-comer. You get a post office, which is, I don't know, it is what it is. <laughs> but what uh, Portlanders used to do, so you were in Portland, you know this, they would yeah. travel by train. And uh, then they'd have to take a stage car to get to the beach because there wasn't really one great direct route to get here. Um, now, it, the permanent population here is only about 600 people. It is, it is really a tiny, tiny, tiny little town. But they do have a couple of cool things. And one of them, this is, is less a ghost story and more a legend. Ooh. Uh, the first thing I found was that uh, there is a nearby mountain 
named, I hope I'm saying this correctly, that is the name. Uh, no, it's called uh, Nia Kahani. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> also, Nia Kahani. I, I I hope I'm saying that correct. It, it, if I'm saying it how it looks, then it's uh, Nia Kahani. And it is uh, a nearby mountain. And the local tribe has said for years that uh, the uh, the Nahalan tribe, excuse me, that a group of sailors arrived one day and they carried a chest up the mountain. And it was said that they buried the chest killed the man who had dug the hole, who was possibly uh, an African slave, Mm. and then buried him on top of where the chest was buried so that that would kind of serve as a warning so that anyone who was trying to find the chest, what would they find first? They'd find a dead body. They would find a very dead body. Um, Now... Uh, this legend was passed down for like hundreds of years. And a lot of people suspect that it could have been uh, Spaniards in the 16th century. But there have been for years treasure hunters who have tried to find this buried treasure on a mountain uh, off of a tiny, tiny coastal city in Oregon. Was Nick Cage in it? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I would totally watch that movie. There is, there was, there was a movie made though. There just in the last couple of years, there was some, I think it's really? like some super low budget movie made about it. Unfortunately, I don't think they could afford Nick Cage's feet, which is saying something because Nick Cage will say yes to basically anything. Which is why we love him. He's, which is he's why we great. love him. I have nothing <laughs> but respect for Nick Cage. I love Nick Cage. But also, <laughs> Nick Cage will say yes to basically anything if there is a decent pay or even a quasi decent paycheck involved uh so in the 1930s there was actually two men who were treasure hunters and they built a a mine shaft like they made this little makeshift mine shaft and then the mine shaft collapsed (laughs) Oh no, that's not that's bad news bears. That's not bad news bears. So the the mine shaft collapsed and it it killed them. I shouldn't say that quite so cheerfully. It killed them. Yay. Uh, but, <laughs> yay. But it 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 they died uh searching for this treasure. So I I mean, you know, treasure hunting is not all fun and games, my friends. No. Treasure hunting can hurt. Yeah, it takes a, a bit of a dedication. <laughs> Well, and also, I mean, it's, we'll have to post a picture of the mountain on the Instagram because it's, it's not like, it's not a huge mountain. It's not Mount Rainier, but it's not tiny. So like, there's only, I mean, there's a lot of mountain you have to dig up. So unless you had a very clear idea and essentially all you have is this oral story that's been passed down. And I mean, I have a whole thing with oral stories. I think they are wonderful. Oral storytelling. Let's see how many times oral. That is now our, our <laughs> drinking. <laughs> if, oh, man, if Jake was here. <laughs> Jake was here. He oh, Ghost Daddy would love all that. Ghost Daddy <laughs> loves a good oral story. Uh, he loves he loves his oral storytelling. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> also, you know what's sad is that it's like 11 in the morning and... I don't have a glass of wine with me yet. That's okay. <laughs> Pretend it's there. I, I am. <laughs> uh, but but oral storytelling is it's wonderful, but details change. Sure. So 
you know, this is a story that's been passed down from the, the tribe for years and it started getting told to the white settlers. And you do have to wonder, <laughs> I mean, even if like the name of the mountain got wrong, so they're, they're not even on the right mountain. That would be unfortunate. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, though. It's probably a lot of it has changed if it's the history of Native Americans versus the way that white settlers, like, understood it and then changed Particularly, it. Particularly, we tend to understand how we want to understand. Exactly, which is why, why I'm saying that, because, yeah. you know, they probably changed it to make it either sound more fun for them or just more digestible, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that that's sort of the story that kept popping up the most, actually, when I, I started researching Manzanita. Cool. There's more to Seattle than the underground. I'm not sure if you've known this or not, but don't be fooled. Since 2004, Spooked in Seattle Tours, in association with A Ghost, Advanced Ghost Hunters of Seattle-Tacoma, the oldest and longest-running ghost tour in the area, has been telling the real stories of haunted Seattle and presenting evidence collected on actual paranormal investigations. They're the only tour run by actual paranormal investigators with over 30 years of experience and the only tour that takes you inside haunted locations. With a variety of different tours and events available, including their very own death museum and psychic readings after 5 p.m., Spooked in Seattle has been named one of the top ghost tours in the USA. Fun fact, they have actually won lots of different standings. They are the winner of the 2019 Trip Advisor Certificate of Excellence, ranked number two in the U.S. by USA Today, ranked number six in the U.S. by timeout.com, ranked number 14 in the U.S. by Country Living Magazine, and ranked number 16 in the U.S. by MSN.com. Some of the tours provided are the Pioneer Square Ghost Tours. On these tours, you will hear real stories of the ghosts that continue to haunt the area, topped off by venturing into a portion of Seattle's famous underground with nothing but a flashlight. They also have the How to Murder History Tour and the Pioneer Square Haunted Pub Tour. This one is my personal favorite. Party with the spirits on this 90-minute tour through Seattle's Pioneer Square, visiting a few of the city's most haunted drinking establishments along the way. Hear stories of the city's sex, scandals, murders, and the ghosts that still walk among us. Learn about the famous Seattle seamstresses. Hear about the corruption that pushed the people into their breaking points and the payoffs that changed the city forever. Your spine-chilling adventure starts at the historic J&M Cafe and ends at the world-famous Merchant's Cafe, Seattle's oldest restaurant that we talked about in episode one. One way or the other, you will encounter a spirit of some kind on this tour. And they even offer a deluxe Pioneer Square ghost tour with admittance and tour of the Death Museum with Ross Allison himself. But if you need even more... They offer admission to ghost hunts with some of our very own ghost members and including Ross. One of the ghost hunts that we have is the ghost hunt on the USS Turner Joy on September 7th at 9 p.m. Go to SpookedInSeattle.com for more tour times and tickets for any and all of the ghoulish fun offered. All right, let's tell us about your story. Your turn. Your so turn. mine's kind of like, 
So again, I'm not from the Pacific Northwest originally, but um, occasionally I go to Portland for work and sometimes I'll stay an extra day. Sometimes I'll find something fun to do at night. And uh, about a year ago, I um, was in Portland with one of my, my, my best friends and we decided to do a ghost tour and we did it with the um, Portland walking tours and mm -hmm. It was called the Beyond Bizarre Tour, and it was really cool. Ooh. They actually give you an uh, EMF detector and take you down to a basement. Oh, that's cool. And it was, I think, one of the first times I personally had a hit on an EMF detector by asking questions. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, the whole group was watching, like, the conversation that I was having with something. It was really wild. Um, but it happened to be where the Shanghai tunnels were in Portland. So the Shanghai tunnels are what I wanted to talk about. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the tour and, you know, uh, my personal experience and then also some, some ghost stories having to do with it. So, I mean, everybody's heard of the Shanghai tunnels for the most part. Uh, I believe mm -hmm. that I wanted to title this part like shady shit in Portland because shady <laughs> shit is our favorite like <laughs> phrase. Uh, <laughs> Not to be confused with shit geysers. Not to be confused, just also shady. However, it's funny that you bring up shit geysers because I, I don't know if you know this, but one of the reasons why the tunnels were created for Portland um, was to help control water. It was actually meant right. to prevent shit geysers. <laughs> From they were a little proactive. Yeah, Portland was a little bit more on top of it than Seattle was, um, but it was more so having to do with the fact that the city was positioned right next to a river, and so because right. anytime it would rain like crazy and the river would overflow, it would pour into the city, and the city would get flooded, and there would be all these issues. Shit geysers everywhere, right? So, <laughs> so uh, that's why they created these tunnels was to help guide the water, and it happened to connect a lot of buildings. So that. Okay was the initial intention of these tunnels that were created underground. And one of the names that's often used to describe Portland is the Shanghai capital of the world. So to Shanghai is to essentially kidnap someone and force them into slavery. Um, right. And there were all different ways that this happened, but specifically in Portland, this started happening around like the 1850s. Um, lots of illegal activity was happening there. And according to local lore, 2,000 Portland men and women were actually captured in bars and transported what? through a, through the series of underground tunnels. Um, and initially, I knew it was a lot. I didn't realize it was that much. Yeah, it was a lot. Uh, and actually, like this illegal illegal activity, quote unquote, the shady shit, had been happening from 1850 until 1941. So it happened 1941? like 1941. Yeah. So stuff had been happening all the way up until 1941. So someone what? had to have put their foot down at 1941 and been like, no more. Um, but yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. But essentially what they would do is that there would be a bunch of illegal activity that would happen underground. So there'd be like opium dens. There would be jail cells. They would keep all these like murderers and like people that are not you shouldn't be keeping around other people um, underground. And they had uh, secret boxing rings too, I found out, uh, which is kind of cool. But basically that's where people would go to be entertained or do illegal things. Um, and what would essentially happen is that people would be brought, would, would go down there willingly um, to partake in something fun and wild. 
and they would essentially get drugged. So they would be hmm. told that there's, oh, there's all these women down there. Oh, there's uh, opium, like all these like fun things that you want to do. And they'd be given a drink or something and it would be. And then not so fun things. Not so fun things. What happened? Um, so basically what happened was they would be kidnapped and used as slaves to perform all kinds of work. But most commonly it would, they'd be put on ships because there was a lot of um, business happening through the port of Portland, right? Because Portland's called uh, Portland because it was a port city. Um, and so that's how a lot of people were very easily transported in and out of the city without being noticed. So they would be put inside of ships bef- while they were drugged. And when they would wake up, they would already be on the ship and it would just be super crazy. I never made the Portland connection before. Yeah. That it's called that because it's, it was a port. Yeah, it's really, it's <laughs> like, true. That's, that's actually really interesting. Isn't that nuts? Um, and then apparently the people that would um, be practicing the Shanghaiing, the people that would be doing this <laughs> stuff, the Shanghaiers, um, the Shanghaiers, <laughs> they developed trapdoor systems that they would use when mm. they were passing their victims along so that other people wouldn't see what was going on. It's kind of wild. Um, but yeah, by the time they'd wake up, they would already be long gone. And some women were actually also Shanghai, but they were used for mainly prostitution. And if they were pregnant or became pregnant, they would be murdered, which is kind of oh, awful, right? Um, but fun fact is that the reason why it was called Shanghaiing was because when people were kidnapped and put on a ship, a lot of the ships were going to Shanghai to get supplies and back and right. forth. And so that was the main hub of trade. So that's why they were calling it. They would be Shanghai. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of negativity and emotion and energy connected to these tunnels. And mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of ghost stories that are connected to it as well. Um, but specifically there's one story that talks about, um, a ship called the Jennifer Joe and their entire crew was Shanghai and died when the ship sank. And apparently, I don't know how they made a connection that those particular people are haunting the Shanghai tunnels, but there's, I found something when I was researching saying that, but, um, there's all different kinds of energies that you can feel down there. There's like mobsters, people who worked at a bar, uh, people who are trafficking, like all, all the bad people. And then also the people that were also Shanghai, because essentially those tunnels were treated almost like if you're like, if you work in a mall and you have the backstock area and then behind that you have like the area where they ship things in and a truck pulls up and drops off stuff. Like essentially they were doing that, but with ships. So that's how that was all connected. Uh, but on the beyond bizarre tour that I did, they took us to the basement of a building that was, uh, once the merchant hotel merchant merchants hotel. Look at all that sounds familiar, right? Like the merchant cafe in Seattle. Um, there's actually a lot of parallels in Portland and in Seattle, which is interesting, but I mean, not Mm -hmm. that surprising, I guess. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the Merchant Hotel because it mm-hmm. had a lot to do with the Shanghaiing that was going okay. on. So the building was actually built in 1885 above these tunnels, and it 
now hosts the Old Town Pizza, uh, which mm. you can actually go there, get a, get a beer, get a pizza. I kind of wish I had done that while I was in Portland, but I didn't have time. Um, but the history of that particular hotel is that um, it was a luxury hotel and had one of the first hydraulic elevators in the city in 1889. Um, it had grown to take up literally half of the city block. So it was huge. And mm-hmm. it was in the 1890s, it was sold to Eugene Stye or Stebinger, Stebinger. I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but it also used to be uh, a bar, a brothel, uh, a billard mm. hall, and it also was most notoriously. This is your favorite part. A cracker oh, yeah. factory. They made crackers. <gasps> I love crackers. Get some beechers. Get I some cheese. Crackers. Get some Tillamook, yes. and then you have me, your crackers. Give me, give me all the cheese. Give me all the crackers. So you have the Tillamook near you, and then you have the mm. crackers in Portland. You're set. Um, I'm, I'm I'm a happy Kim. <laughs> happy Kim. I like a happy Kim. Uh, but essentially. <laughs> Uh, the last use of the building as a hotel was in 1967, which is very recent, actually. And since then, it's been like a grocery store, an appliance store, furniture store, office space. And then uh, in the last few years, it's turned into Old Town Pizza. Um, and it also houses a Japanese-American history museum, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but they have a story. And what I love about okay. um, the Old Town Pizza website is that they actually have a whole page talking about the hauntings that happen there. And Ooh. I got a lot of this information from there. And they say that there's a constant presence at Old Town Pizza, and her name mm-hmm. is Nina. And I remember when I hmm. did the the walking tour, they talked about Nina. Um, and she is the resident ghost. So she is seen by a lot of different people. Apparently, if you smell like some perfume, it might be her. Some people actually see her in a black dress, like just watching you eat. Could you imagine just like looking up from your pizza and having this lady in a black dress staring at you? Yep. Um, and apparently she hangs out in the basement, which is where the Shanghai tunnels were. Um, she's been there for more than a hundred years and her story is she was a working woman, quote unquote. So she was a a prostitute back in the day. She was sold into the life by, um, the thriving white slavery market. So she was Shanghai, um, in an effort to clean up the neighborhood, traveling missionaries convinced Nina to share information in exchange for freeing her from a fate she didn't choose. So there were essentially like police people that were not police but were trying to understand what was happening with mobsters and they Mm. told her they would help free her if she got information from them right so she cooperated um but somebody found out that she cooperated and she was found dead in the hotel um thrown down the elevator shaft so it's said that um she's never left and her name is actually carved into a brick of the old elevator shaft and no one knows whether she did it or someone else did it. I mean, I'm sure somebody else did it, but she's the one who really haunts the area. And, Mm. um, I actually wanted to share this little tidbit of information with you because it reminded me of the pine box is that, Oh, there's the window where you place your pizza order. Right. Is actually where the hotel's reception desk used to be. Oh, that's cool. Um, but I mean, I don't think that they make pizzas in a crematorium, so not quite as cool as Damn. a pine box. But I, I mean, it well, kind, of, kind of wild, though, right? Like that's 
she's she's around she's hanging out and she was the one who actually when I was on the tour that they wanted us to direct our questions to when we were doing the EVP session and um Mm. When we were, I mean, it wasn't, I'm sorry, not EVP session. We weren't recording it. It was just using EMF detectors. Um, And there was nothing electrical going on around us. Everything was, they actually turned the power off in that part of the building before we even went down to it and made everyone put their phones on uh, airplane mode. So it, it was very much like no interference with anything else. And, um, my EMF was the only one that was going off in the group. And there were, I think, about 10 people that were a part of that tour. Um, Yeah. So it it was really interesting. And I think that was my favorite part of the tour. We did get to see some cool spots around around town and learn a lot about the history of Portland. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think that I I did have a feeling. I did see that EMF go off, and that was pretty cool. But that entire Shanghai Tunnel area is – really well known. I know like ghost hunters or ghost adventures did a show on it. It was very dramatic uh, as they always are. Of course it was. Um, Yeah. They like talk about like the wall being broken down and look, the bricks are still there. Like very uh, drama, TV drama, but that's why people watch it. Right. So. Right. That's why people watch it. Yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, pretty much what I got from the, Shanghai tunnels, but there's a lot more information out there. And the tour that I did was really cool. So if you're ever in Portland, you should totally check it out. And they actually have like non spooky tours too, but it was really neat. Just like straight history kind of like a history walking tour during the day. They also have one that's like over age, like if you're 18 or older. That's the one that I did and it was at night. Um, And it was really rad. It was definitely one of the cooler ghost tours I had been on. Um, nice. Yeah. So that's a little plug for Beyond Bizarre Portland walking <laughs> tours. And we just wanted to be able to take a moment nice. to let everyone know that when we look up these stories and we look up <laughs> evidence and quote people from websites, we want to make sure that you guys know that this is something we're doing on our own time and it's something that doesn't necessarily affiliate us with um, Ross Allison or a ghost just because it's just stories. So we don't have actual proof to certain parts of these stories. Um, and we want to make sure that everyone feels good about the information that we're providing. So just wanted to give a quick disclaimer to that, but that's what we have for this episode. And, um, thanks for telling your story. Kim, that was really interesting. Thank you for telling your story. Oh, of course. So if, <laughs> if you don't know this already, you can find information about um, a ghost, the ghost hunting group that we're in at aghost.org. And for more information on the location of Spooked in Seattle, if you want to learn a little bit about that, um, you can go to spookedinseattle.com. Please follow mm-hmm. us on Instagram. We like to post pictures about our episodes. So if you want like a little bit of a visual reference to the things that we talk about check it out um our name on there is a ghost stories it's so a ghost stories and not a ghost stories podcast Uh, but say hi we also have a facebook group called a ghost stories podcast in all one word no spaces 
And if you have any paranormal stories, we would love to hear them. I've had a couple mm-hmm. emails come through, but we want to see if we can do like a whole other people's stories episode. So send us your paranormal stories at a ghost stories podcast at gmail.com. Also, the most important thing ever, please subscribe and follow us on um, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. But essentially, uh, Apple Podcasts is pretty important. If you also leave us a review, it really helps us a lot and helps us get more exposure. Word of mouth Mm -hmm. is huge. Tell your friends, tell your fam, and uh, share some ghost stories with them. But thanks for listening. And... uh, Yay. Stay spooky, Stay spooky, Oregon, too. Stay spooky, Stay spooky Oregon. Oregon. <laughs>